Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And so I took the sheet from over me and Renee, I was lying in a pool of blood. Oh my goodness. And I didn't understand. So when I first had sex, it was getting a bit heated mm. and all that kind of stuff. And then it happened and I realized mm. you're not wearing protection. Ooh. Hello and welcome to the Two My Sisters podcast. I'm Courtney. I'm Renee and we are your online big sisters and hosts of the Two My Sisters podcast. We are all about promoting the wellness, growth and development of a community of sisters across the world. And in today's conversation we're going to be talking about women's sexual health the controversy and struggle behind having menstrual cycles periods and using hormonal and non-hormonal contraceptives aka birth control awesome i'm really excited to talk about this topic today so am I. I feel like it's something we don't really talk about mad openly Not like you enough. have to go searching for it in the depths yeah. of like youtube or <laughs> you know and then you get into crazy parts of youtube oh my like, goodness and your algorithm waters. messes up and <laughs> but the hey-ho the, i mean there's all of that but yeah i think it's so important to have this conversation particularly around menstrual health and birth control because the information is not always so readily accessible if you're not looking for it definitely and i think i really where i really want to start with this is courtney why do you think there's such a taboo behind openly discussing sexual health women's bodies periods contraceptions Mm. why do many of us feel like these kind of things need to be hidden away from the mainstream yeah so i think it's rooted in a lot of as you know patriarchy so um, (laughs) i think we say that (laughs) every single episode just in case you guys didn't notice it's patriarchy so yeah toxic (laughs) patriarchy i think it's historically linked to the idea that a woman's body especially when it's on it when she's on her menstrual cycle is unclean mm, right to, yeah. to have to menstruate is an unclean thing your menstrual blood um the idea of your body wasting its fertility yeah. um, in a lot of you know religious archaic senses that's yeah. how it was painted you know don't go near a woman when she's on her period you you can't basically engage with it's it's unsacred basically mm, to mm. for a woman to be menstruating and go near god is ungodly Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of that whether we have descended into secular societies or not a lot of that has stayed entrenched in our way of thinking where it's like periods are an unclean thing to talk about it's dirty Mm -hmm. your body is releasing this blood and because it's not whilst we all go through it you know the majority of women go through it it's still seen as something because men don't really want to think about it and talk about it society doesn't talk about it and so i think there's that aspect but also when it comes down to things like contraception yeah the idea is you're not meant to be having sex why are we talking about contraception Mm -hmm. and i think that's why a lot of people then shy away from if i went to ask my mom now what's the best form of contraception her first question is why are you having sex (laughs) (laughs) not how to protect yourself it's what are you knocking boots with Uh that you need to protect yourself Mm -hmm. and so that shame that's attached to also being open that you are sexually active then shies us away from having an open conversation about how to protect yourself Mm. um, but also how to get used to your body when you do use hormonal contraception um and what are 
what are you meant to expect and what's safe and what how does it have an effect on your body so i think that's that's what i'd say yeah i i broadly agree with literally Mm. everything you said i loved what you were saying about the fact that if because these are these tend to be issues that don't affect men directly Mm. it now becomes a woman's issue yeah like when i think about things that are related but tangential like for example thinking about the fact that you know we still have to pay for tampons and things like that and we're taxed on it and we're taxed we're taxed on it i think scotland changed that recently yeah recently I think they're the first the first country to have gone um, free with that, yeah. which is dope. Um, other countries take note. England, I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> look at your age, mate. Look, look at your across the bo- <laughs> literally across the border. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because it's an issue that does not affect men directly, mm. then it's a, a woman's issue, and mm. you need to take care of it because you are, you know, the bearer of child. You need to think about contraception. Yeah, you need to think about being clean. You need to think about your periods yeah. and stuff like that. And I think that's also something that's perpetuated within women communities as well. Mm. And like amongst women, like this is something for you. And like, for example, your partner shouldn't know when you're menstruating and stuff like that. You can't partake in any activities with them if you're, you know, you have your period. And I think it's it makes it even more tough to have difficult conversations around, you know, what is irregular Mm. you know what is normal and because periods are painted as something that is just abnormal and something you have to deal with yeah we never come into conversations where we actually can start advocating for women's rights as it pertains to periods and contraceptives and stuff like that so the fact that i mean if if i was in charge i would get days off for you know (laughs) being on my period because that stuff hurts (laughs) badly premenstrual syndrome hurts especially when you have things like fibroids endometriosis pcos these things can just take you out out completely out and because it's mostly women Mm. that have these experiences it's a shame that this isn't presented as something that is mainstream and needs to be talked about openly yeah and it's kind of a double-edged sword because there's so much shame attached to it because we're not able to have the conversations openly and plainly and then as you were saying as it like as we start talking about contraceptives Mm. because there's still so much shame attached to having sex because contraceptives came as a as part of the liberation Mm. of women and sex at the time Mm -hmm. people are still kind of weird when they talk about contraceptives it's strange yeah and the problem then becomes when you are engaging in sexual activity with whoever, you now feel some type of way having that conversation yeah. with them when really you're trying to protect yourself of course. and probably protect them too yeah. for things that you're not prepared yeah. for. Or whether, you don't even know where to start and then you end up being bamboozled. It, oh, completely. Legit. Oh. Like, I've heard so many. I haven't, it hasn't happened to me because PSHE, our teachers in secondary oh school, my they go- didn't play. They said, <laughs> we went to a Catholic secondary school. Yo. They said, listen, if any man want to approach you with my condom can't fit me and all of that, no, 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 sweetie. <laughs> you no, 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 guys. Imagine we were in PSHE class. Shout out our teacher. <laughs> yeah. She was a gem. She took a, I think it was like a can. Yeah, literally like, like a can of beans. Yeah, a can yeah. of beans. And she took a condom and stretch the condom over the beans and she said listen if any man take you for a fool <laughs> anyone's son take you for idiot <laughs> let them know that your teacher showed you that this condom normal yeah. size stretched over this yeah. beans can yeah but even even like ignorance around like for example i'd have people oh this is going to sound so tmi if you've mm. got kids around you please but <laughs> <laughs> they they would say things like you know um I guess quote unquote pre-cum like mm-hmm. when it's there's if you're having sex and there's sexual fluids like being exchanged yeah. but it's not full like semen discharge yeah. right 
people would think you can't get pregnant from yeah. that, but you can. Yep. And so just that lack of sexual education and yep. understanding because there is such a uh, shadow around it and it's, mm-hmm. it's something that we don't talk about openly mm-hmm. leads people to a lot of trouble mm-hmm. um, when it comes down to things like sexually transmitted diseases and, yep. and illnesses and um, infections and stuff. And yeah, exactly that, exactly that. And also on the part of contraceptives, it becomes solely a woman's thing to deal with. Yes. Men shouldn't have anything to do with it. They're just here to appear and disappear. <laughs> apparently. Yeah. According to to various sources, this is a man's, this is not a man's realm. You're either on the pill or, mm. you know, whatever. And woe betide you should you suggest that he wears a condom mm. in certain certain instances and cases so it then limits the capacity of women to have open and honest conversations Mm. about their contraceptive preferences Mm. let alone their sexual preferences but courtney yes ma'am periods menstrual cycle yeah yeah all that dirty stuff since we're (laughs) since we're transparent around the tms family you already know Talk to me about your experience with mm. your periods, menstrual cycles, and general sexual health, contraceptives, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So, um, I remember when I got my first period, it was actually the day that Obama got inaugurated into office for his wow. first time. <laughs> what, what? I remember. <laughs> <laughs> so because vivid. I remember it happened whilst I was at school mm-hmm. and I had to get changed into my PE kit. Mm-hmm. And I suddenly was just like there's blood down there dad. yeah don't know what's going on here sweetheart <laughs> <laughs> we're bleeding <laughs> <laughs> um and you know like i i mentioned we we went to an all-girls school so teachers were just like yeah this is it this happened <laughs> um so i gave Here's i came finale. home yeah this is there you go <laughs> life begins now um oh. then they gave me a pad and they were just like you know when you go home just you know tell tell your parents that this has happened so i came home mm. and my mum was watching the inauguration which yeah. is what i remember and i told her and she was like wow <laughs> stay away from boys okay that is the be all and end all of my sexual uh, education she Mm. was just like you know let's have a talk about hygiene now Mm -hmm. because you're going through puberty let's talk about you know showering and and really showering down there and what does it mean when you're on your period how do you take care of yourself stuff Mm -hmm. like that but also now stay away from boys that was it (laughs) you know you're fertile (laughs) um and so that was my first experience with my period Mm -hmm. and i my period started when i was 11 and then I oh my gosh same yeah year That's seven crazy. and then I got to 17 mm-hmm. and I started to notice that my periods were becoming very irregular mm. um, and I didn't understand why and I just attributed it to stress mm. um, 17 was a roller coaster of a year for me and so I was just like yeah I don't know why my period's acting this way but I'm not really going to think much of it mm. um and then I got to university when I was 18 and I remember there there was like this six month period that I never got my period mm. and that never happened right I knew when my period came I knew the dates I knew how long it lasted for yeah what each day's behavior would be like mm-hmm. and suddenly for six months I had no period mm. and I was thinking to myself okay, this has gone far past my period is irregular and I'm stressed. Yeah, this this is, is, why is my body not menstruating? Mm. Um, and so I remember there was a day where I, it was in November of 2015 and I was, I woke up from my bed and I 
couldn't stand I found my my lower back was hurting me so badly I couldn't stand up straight Mm -hmm. and so I took the sheet from over me and Renee I was lying in a pool of blood oh my goodness and I didn't understand I couldn't I didn't understand what was going on Mm. I stood up from my bed I found a way to step in pain like I start I had cried at this I was crying at this point and there was blood literally just flowing down my leg. Oh my goodness. I walked to my bathroom. I got in my shower and I was shaking as, as I was like rinsing myself off. And mm. this is TMI, but these large clots were coming out of me. Mm. And I remember seeing them and literally like frightened as to what is going on. Yeah. So I called my mum because obviously I was at university at the time. I was in a different city. I called my mum. She was like, you need to go and see the GP. So I went to see the GP um, and they were just like, oh, you know what? It could just be stress. It what? could just, yeah. Literally, she was just like, you know, you've just made a massive change and a diff- a change in your life. You've moved to another um, city. You're going okay. to university now. Your workload is heavy. You go what? to Cambridge. Um, you're probably just stressed. Here's some ibuprofen um, for your back pain. Mm-hmm. Go home take it sleep it off few days will go and you'll be okay you know you're probably just having an, a period but it's just a heavy bleed mm. and i was just like okay you're the you're the gp bear in mind i don't go to the gp i don't like hospitals i don't like gps i i went through like a whole 10 year period in my childhood where my gp didn't even see me because i i rarely get sick number one yeah, and number yeah. two i just don't like going mm. so i'm just gonna take your word for it and number two i'm just trying to get out of here as quickly as possible mm. went home that happened and then i didn't see my period for another four months wow so that that long period lasted two weeks that that heavy period lasted two weeks and each day was still a heavy bleed extreme clotting and extreme amounts of pain and i remember it got to my 19th birthday i was like no need to figure out exactly what this Mm. is when um to the gp they did a blood test on me and they were just like your hormones seem balanced you're fine so i was like okay a couple months went by, I still haven't had my period. I need you to really tell me what's wrong. And they were like, okay, when you get to your GP in London, ask them to give you a scan. Because mm. I was moving back to London at this point. It was the summer holidays. So like, ask them to give you a scan. They gave me a scan and they found cysts on mm. my ovaries. And they were mm. like, you have polycystic ovarian syndrome. And I just felt, when they said those words, my whole earth shattered. Because mm. I was like, First of all, polycystic ovarian syndrome is something you're born with. Yeah. Why has nobody noticed that I have this, number one? Mm. Number two, it explains my hormone imbalances mm. because I have a slightly elevated level of testosterone. Mm. And I was thinking to myself, which is why I'm so tall. Mm-hmm. Um, I The weight that I put on, I keep. And so things like that, it was just like, this is all making sense now. Yeah. But now this extra layer of my period is so irregular. Mm. And when it does come... I am in pain. Mm. My periods would, and after I found out I had PCOS, my period came every month. I am so screaming. I guess it stopped to end it. But the problem is my whereas I knew my cycle was a short cycle, four days, and we're done. Mm. It was now I would be bleeding for ten days, and it would all be heavy ten days. And my body pain would start. My PMS would last another seven days. Mm-hmm. So seventeen days out of the month, I was going through an issue with my Ugh. period. It ruined my life. Mm. It absolutely ruined my life. I remember you and Rebecca, um, our other best friend, came to the GP with me when Mm. I found out and you sat by my side and were asking all these questions because I was in sheer shock Mm. because all I could hear was, you're not going to have children. That's all I could hear. And so every time, and it's still kind of emotional sometimes, but every time I 
don't have my period, mm. I'm sad. Because mm. I'm like, oh, so I didn't produce an egg this month. Yeah. But then every time I do have my period, I'm sad. Because I'm yeah. like, so I'm going to spend another 17 days <laughs> completely incapacitated. In yeah. <laughs> um, and so it's like, thank God now things are actually regulating. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm on... Um, a plan and a a system which allows me to regulate it and it's gone back to its four-day cycle but for a good solid two years it was so bittersweet me and my relationship with my period because it just signified so much now Mm. and it was painful and as somebody who had a very busy life yeah being in university was busy owning your own business it's busy Mm. i had several side hustles as i've described across many episodes to then have half of your month taken away because you physically cannot get out of bed i am somebody who i will trailblaze through a cold Mm. through the flu Mm. through chest infections i can do anything but that took me out i can't stand my boobs are so tender my (laughs) back is in pain Um, and my flow is so heavy that it makes me very conscious conscious when i leave mm. um so i'm happy that i put that bu- behind me but i was just so shocked that it took them so long to find out that that was wrong with me and also now i had to kind of relearn my body again mm. as to what does this mean for my body how does my body react what does my body like and what doesn't it like yeah and how do i now accommodate for this because i will have kids and i will be healthy and my menstrual cycle can be fine i just need to relearn that so walking through that was actually very difficult for like my mum for example because it was like wow this is a new dynamic Mm. i don't know first of all i find it awkward talking to you about periods anyway now i've got to talk to you about polycystic ovarian syndromes and i i thank god because my mum's actually a nurse Mm -hmm. so for her it was just like okay let's just put our nurse hat on and talk to her as if she was a patient so it was kind of cool in that sense um but that was my quite traumatic <laughs> experience in my period. Whoa. Yeah, that's Whoa. me. But I've actually, in terms of contraception, I've never been on contraception, actually. Mm. Um, I have, whenever, when I was sexually active, I would just use condoms. Mm. But um, I have never been on because of my fear of the fact that with pcos your hormones are already in a frenzy yeah i never wanted to take contraception that then would mess with that further i've I've always been um very conscious of i just want to do everything to allow my body to produce those eggs yeah (laughs) i only get 12 a year i'm trying to (laughs) as many as possible (laughs) so um yeah i've I've never taken contraception but talk to us about your experience renee Child. <laughs> um wow i feel like i've had an opposite experience in that like my periods are quite straightforward but mm. my experience of contraceptives has been nightmarish to say the mm. least um so yeah i got my period when i was 11 as well i remember i got it at school actually and i was mm. just like why the hell is there blood coming out of that? like what is this? this is so extreme and dramatic yeah. so dramatic yeah and courtney knows i say it every single month why couldn't we just get sent an email that we're not pregnant? <laughs> Why does it have to be this dramatic? Here's your monthly notification. You are not pregnant. Wait. <laughs> and then move on. Like, Why does it have to be a whole... Ta- it feels like my ovaries are having a tantrum every single month. Every time. Right on time. So yeah, I got my first period when I was 11. And then I had to talk with my mom. Mm. And like we talked about things like, you know, using pads and hygiene and pretty much the same. Pretty much the same too don't don't look at boys don't be around men stay away from them okay like it was very much stay away from boys before but now it was like actively make sure you stay away from because if you don't we gonna know we will know (laughs) something will tell us it's that thing right there 
So yeah, I, growing up, I had been pretty regular with my periods. Like mm. I know there's always a particular day on the month. Like yeah. it really, really straightened out for me where it's all, my period is always um, within one to three days of the projected date that mm. it needs to be. Um, which was really handy because it was like, yeah, I could figure out when I'm going to be on my period, when Good. I'm feeling, you know, X, Y, Z and figure out like PMS and stuff. Mm. For me, PMS has never really been fun. Mm. <laughs> I get premenstrual insomnia so wow yeah. oh my gosh the two three days before my period i can't sleep that's crazy it is the worst thing ever i have oh my like gosh. the days so maybe like seven days before my period mm. i get very tired and need mm. to sleep a lot but Same. then the two to three days just before my period i can't sleep and then wow. on day one and two i don't sleep at all like wow. throughout the night and then things regulate every again. month every month gosh. Courtney, without fail and it's just like why yeah. why couldn't it just be well I was about to say, why couldn't it just be, um, you know, breast tenderness? But I get that too. So, and then the cramps, especially like day one and two for me is extremely like, I just don't want to talk to anybody. I feel annoyed and bloated, all that kind of stuff. Um, So that's kind of like my periods. As for contraceptives, oh Lord have mercy. I got interested in contraceptives because when I first became sexually active, mm. it was actually an accident mm. and it made me feel very uncomfortable leaving, well, trusting in my sexual partner right. to do what they need to do. Yeah. Um. So when I first had sex, I remember like it was getting a bit heated mm. and all that kind of stuff. And then it happened and I realized mm. you're not wearing protection. Ooh. So the absolute fear that gripped oh my entire gosh. i was i was li- that flips the script i was livid at this man <laughs> this was my boyfriend at the time i was livid at wow. this man i wouldn't even speak i didn't speak to him for like four days mm. <laughs> <laughs> i did not talk to this man for four days i was so angry because oh gosh as you should it be. felt like such a betrayal it and is i mean even to talk about that we'll get into that because i feel so strongly about contraceptives now um and then having to go and get emergency contraceptive Mm. which people also feel like if there's shame about contraceptives there's so much more shame about when you go ask for that morning after pill they'd be looking at you like oh really so what were you doing the night before like (laughs) having sex (laughs) ma'am yo and then having what a lot of people don't know is when you take the emergency contraceptive Mm. pill it is actually the equivalent of taking you know like um, birth control pills yeah. it's the equivalent of taking like maybe a few pills at the same time wow so it's so it's the side strong. effects yeah the side effects are even worse mm. and that month i just remember my period even though i was thankful that it came mm. the symptoms oh i have gosh. never felt cramps like that i have never felt so depressed down and oh weepy i have never despised people like i despise <laughs> people in, no i'm being so serious i've never despised people like i despise people in that month wow and yeah the flow was mad heavy i just it was awful and then after that i decided i would take my own um sexual health into my hands Mm. and like take contraceptive Mm. so me being a nerd with pretty much everything i do i was researching and reading because there was no way i would go through that experience to then you know trust in whoever i would have sex with to be on top of it yeah since there was one person that was <laughs> incompetent, <Useless>. incompetent <laughs> to say the least um because you never know what could happen a condom could break yeah yeah so yeah i decided to research into that um i didn't end up taking birth control pills i ended up taking 
the birth control patch, mm. which is essentially a patch that you put onto your skin, mm. leave it there for a week, and it actually pumps the um, hormones, estrogen and progesterone into your body to yeah. prevent you from ovulating and releasing yeah. an egg. So yeah. if there's no egg, can't be fertilized, yeah. um, nobody gets pregnant. Yeah. But then there's also claims that apparently if you were to get pregnant and the egg was to be fertilized, then it would not attach to the lining. But then wow. that, that's still up in arms yeah. and whatnot. Um, and just to clarify, these are the two um, hormones that are in most hormonal birth control pills. Yeah. So the only thing that differs is how it's um, packaged and how it's how it's used. So, yeah, I didn't want to take the pill because I'm forgetful. Courtney knows I'm mad. <laughs> I'm just mad forgetful sometimes <laughs> <laughs> when it matters. For real, so for me to be, lying. yo, for me to be taking a pill every single day because I want to have sex, I was like, no, yeah. it's not going to be me. Yeah. And then I didn't want to take something like an IUD, which was a mm. bit more long term. Yeah. Um, purely because I just didn't have as much information on it, and no one around me was using contraceptive like mm. that. And this was another thing that I was dealing with at the time. I felt mad lonely because. At the time, it was just me and my partner having sex. Mm. And I didn't feel like I had a real community to ask about these things. Yeah. And I'm the oldest daughter. So it's like, I can't go to my younger sisters yeah. and tell you know, them, tell hey, them hey, don't do that. Give me advice. You know advice. what I'm saying? So <laughs> there was also that element of it. And then I couldn't go to my partner because men. And this is a recurring thing that I found with quite a few men, mm -hmm. actually, is they actually don't really like the ones that I've engaged with don't know a lot about contraceptives. Mm -mm. They just know that their partner's probably taking pills or mm -hmm. something, or if they're not, you know, wear a condom and mm -hmm. that's that. And some of them actually refuse to wear condoms. Yeah. That's another thing we need to talk about because one of my other partners had an issue with wearing condoms. Wow. And at the time I wasn't on birth control because I had been taking the patch and it was fine, except I knew that it was altering and messing with my body. Mm. And like Courtney, I like the whole like natural mm -hmm. stuff. I don't want to mess up with my body too much. So eventually, you know, petered off it. And it became a problem in our relationship because he didn't want to wear a condom. And if there's one word of advice, if we're talking about contraceptives and your partner and all that kind of stuff, if they don't respect you in that realm and they don't respect your wishes when it comes to contraceptives, mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to be in a relationship 100%. with that person because this is sexual health and your body. It's not even just about preventing pregnancy, yeah. but it's also about things like STDs. Yes. It's also about things like respecting your body. And if you feel that you want that person to respect yeah. your body by wearing a condom or like you guys having some kind of agreement on contraceptives, yeah. that is a huge thing massive, to consider. Massive. And like I, yeah, from my experience, don't do it, especially mm. with... I mean, there's a lot of research on contraceptives right now, but there are side effects. Like yes. I've been on um, the patch. I've also mm -hmm. done, I changed to the ring as well, Nuva ring. Oh, wow. Which is, yeah, that was a whole kerfuffle. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a ring that you have to, you know, yeah. stick up there, stays there for three weeks, comes yeah. out, you have your period and yeah. then we go again. Again. We go again. And yeah, eventually I petered off um, birth control when I decided mm -hmm. to become celibate and yeah. stuff. And it's, but choosing to to be on contraceptives is a really big decision mm -hmm. and 
if you are again if you are with somebody who makes you feel uncomfortable about yeah. that or if you are with somebody that's actually uneducated mm. encourage them to get educated 100%. because Send sex them the is articles a, and do you know what i mean sex is a two-person engagement yes. i mean it can be more but <laughs> we're not talking about that we'll never talk about that <laughs> don't want to make any assumptions <laughs> sex sexual activity is a two-person engagement mm. therefore two parties must be engaged in all decisions yeah. as it relates to sex yeah don't ever allow your sexual health to be dictated by another person mm-hmm. and don't compromise when it could compromise your health yes is what i would say yes. to that and i think also a little point needs to be made that there are some people who take contraceptives um for particular issues like mm. i know courtney you mentioned that you know the option was there to take yeah. it yeah um if you have endometriosis for example yes your doctor might ask that you to take hormonal contraceptives yeah. and yeah. i think it's important to note that these things don't necessarily fix your periods. Yeah. It creates um, a synthesized period. Exactly. An yeah. artificial period just for sanity, I guess. This is it. When I when I got my diagnosis for PCOS that day, they told mm. me one of your options is you've got you can take the pill, basically yeah. take yeah. take birth control. Yeah. And I remember asking, is this gonna fix the issue? They were like, No, but if you wanna have a period i thought first of all i don't particularly my period is an inconvenience (laughs) i don't know why i'm trying to have a period i'm trying to produce eggs that's what i want if it ain't gonna do that keep Mm -hmm. the pills away from me Mm -hmm. um so there is that is another thing to consider and i think what you've touched on is so important in the fact that like you said Mm. having that conversation with your partner if you are sexually active Mm. about contraception is creating boundaries within a very vulnerable confine of sex Mm. and i think that that is really important to honor for both of you because a lot of times you see people's uh people's requests especially women their requests for contraception to be used are often declined or violated Mm -hmm. because somebody else wants to be comfortable and have the highest um I guess pleasure you know the highest sense of pleasure and the the issue is it's not pleasurable for your partner if you are a man listening or even you know a woman it's not pleasurable for your partner to feel as though you have violated their requests and you have violated their peace of mind Mm -hmm. because similarly like you mentioned when you do have an experience where it's like did the condom split were you even wearing a condom you become scared the anxiety that fills your bones that is fear and that fear makes it hard to trust you again Mm. so so that that request for women to compromise on their own agency to request for contraception is a part of an even bigger issue of sex is not just for men it's for women and women should also feel comfortable and safe within sex as well 110% that safety is so so important and just as you said engaging in those conversations Mm. as early as possible Mm -hmm. is so important and I wish I wish that lessons like PSHE and sexual health and stuff came with the element of what does you know a healthy sexual relationship look like Mm. and the pressures that are you know not just on women but also on men to flip this back on men a lot of men men be crazy um, <laughs> that's <laughs> but, a sound bite <laughs> though i listen i love you guys honestly mm. but some of y'all be tripping the pressure for men i mean they're to perform sexually mm. is a whole other topic and these whole ideas around you know using contraceptives and how that impacts that on you know from the male perspective is important but yeah like for women 
sex can be so so long it can be so so long especially when we are you know talking about things like contraceptives and Mm. all that kind of stuff um but moving a little bit along Mm. i suppose miss courtney hello what do you wish you would have been told when you were younger Mm -hmm. about your sexual health I firstly wish it wasn't assumed that I was never going to have sex because I think that is very dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like there is, obviously I was brought up in a house uh, with Christian values. Mm -hmm. I was born up, I was brought up as a Christian. I became a Christian at a young age, Mm. but the assumption that you're never going to have sex was more so a cultural one. Mm. And also I think even some people may be questioning, you know, we are two people who are Christians, right? Mm. We, we are faith. Um, we have a faith. Mm-hmm. And even in that, people will assume, why are you talking about this? People ain't having sex. No, they are. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they are. Like that's, that's it's plain and simple. Mm-hmm. People are having mm-hmm. sex unless you explicitly choose. I don't want to. Yeah. Right. So we can't, I think a lot of people have that assumption of because people shouldn't be having sex, we're not going to talk about mm. it because it encourages that behavior. Mm no it's like saying you know we're not going to teach you what to do if somebody has a stroke because we shouldn't be having strokes anyway it can happen <laughs> and it happens <laughs> do you get what i mean like whilst we hear you know saying we hope it doesn't happen mm. not everyone is saying that and also it's not it shouldn't be a shame thing mm. because i think the reason why i was often taught we're not going to teach you about sexual health because we're going to assume you're not having sex was because it was culturally taboo for a young woman to be having sex mm. before you're married. Yeah, for right? sure. So I, I wish, first of all, that there was not this base assumption that I would never have sex before marriage. And also that there wasn't this ins- assumption that marriage would come with a sudden enlightenment. Yeah, Because I think that's what a lot of... Th- people just assume that once you get a ring on your finger, you become switched on mm-hmm. to sexual things. No. no like you will still not know about contraception you will still not know about your own sexual health you will still not understand your own body and i wish i was allowed to just have that freedom mm. um but when i did get older i started to realize that i wish i had been taught to get to know my body mm. really get to know it because then there would have been signs that i would have recognized from a lot earlier yeah that would have allowed me to not feel so strange but Mm -hmm. actually go and seek medical attention or medical help but also just know how to take care of myself Mm -hmm. um obviously like i've mentioned i've I've never been on contraception but i do wish that conversation had been had with me yeah um i think if i had you know decided to tell my parents you know i'm sexually active give me some tips on how to stay safe Mm -hmm. i don't know if they would have been able to tell me um actually no i think they would have because they're both in the medical field they definitely wouldn't have been comfortable to tell me but i think (laughs) they would have i just wish that there was more openness and transparency Mm. especially for um young children of the diaspora or people whose you know parents are of a different generation and hold those views Mm -hmm. to actually come and have an open conversation about listen i'm gonna be doing some stuff whilst you might not agree i would assume you'd want me to be safe right so so give me the 410 what's going on Mm. how about you very very similar i wish the conversation first of all i wish the conversations had been had Mm. i wish there was someone to go to about these issues without fear of judgment yeah because i think oftentimes a culture that rests on fear and judgment Mm. means that when these things do happen nobody is equipped nobody is prepared it's like going out into a war with no ammo yeah no ammunition like how do we deal with this and it becomes taboo it becomes a side Mm. thing it becomes something that occurs behind closed doors um 
So I wish the conversations had been had mm. and I wish we had more conversations with health professionals yes. around like contraceptives, like honest conversations. Yeah. Um, I really, really do appreciate like my nurses and like my gynecologists, particularly now because mm. I can openly ask like, you know, questions about contraceptives and stuff like that. Like there's lots of little bits of information that yeah. if I hadn't actively gone to research myself, I wouldn't know. Like mm. the fact that, you know, certain hormonal contraceptives you can't have if you're above a certain weight yeah. because it's less effective yeah. or there are certain risk factors. If you're a smoker, for example, mm. you might find that your hormonal contraceptive is less effective wow. or even the fact that there are non-hormonal contraceptives yeah. available like the copper IUD yeah. or, you know, the female condom like mm -hmm. i didn't even know a female condom existed wow, but yeah. good to know or like <laughs> spermicide or yeah. you know all of these different options that are available so mm. i wish that in society as well as in our smaller communities mm -hmm. we actively try to have conversations around contracept yeah. like contraception um yeah. practicing safe sex yes. i wish we had conversations around that what does safe sex look, look like like not just avoidance. Yeah. But if we are to have sex, <laughs> what does it look like? What does it look like if yeah. it's safe? Yeah. As well that. as, I mean, there's whole movements right now talking about things like consent and stuff like mm. that. What does consent look like when those kind of things are in the mix too? Yes. Because oftentimes when we think about things like sexual assault and, mm. you know, all that, we imagine really grand, you know, things that could potentially Definitely. never happen to Definitely. us. But consent reaches as far as, you know, what if you're having sex with someone mm -hmm. and they decide they're not going to use a condom yeah. even though you agreed that you were? Yeah. That yeah. is assault. That is assault, exactly. And being clued up on that and what to do in those situations as well. Exactly. I think it, it definitely revolves to it definitely revolves around women having agency in sex. Mm. When you're having sex, sex is not, we've said this in many episodes, but sex isn't something that's happening to you. Yeah, sex is something you're participating mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. And so you should be clued up and you do have a right over your own body to say what it will and will not take. Mm -hmm. Literally. Exactly that. And when you can say no, mm -hmm. when you withdraw consent mm -hmm. and when, you know, something is actually, se you know, sexual assault. Mm -hmm. And having been through the that kind of experience and understanding that, it's not a shameful thing. Yes. Um, because these things, there's so much shame attached to these things. Mm. When do these kind of issues do happen, it actually takes people that have experienced these issues so long to come up about, like, mm. you know, have active conversations about it because they feel like they were in the wrong in the first mm. place for initi initiating so sexual activity. So true. When really you were violated. hundred percent. You were violated. Like I, yeah, I just wish there was so much less shame attached to these things. And someone had conversations with healthcare professionals about these issues. We'll bring one on one day, actually. For sure, yeah, for we'll sure. talk to an ob or um, somebody who knows something about something. <laughs> <laughs> Some that's a professional about yeah. something. With all of these, like, I'm just done with all the, like, wives' tales and stuff like mm. that. So in terms of the things that you would like to see change in women's attitudes mm. and their engagement with sex, sexual health, yeah. all that kind of stuff, what would you like to see? I genuinely wish there wasn't shame around it. Mm. I wish that we could just have open conversations mm. that just offered women agency over their own bodies. Literally, yeah. like, you know, I, well, we both say we're celibate. Mm. It's not been forced on us. It's something we've chosen, but we had the right to choose that. Mm. And I wish that we lived in a society which allowed women to just be completely unashamed of their choices yeah you what have you chosen mm. um and 
can people respect those boundaries and can you respect your own boundaries Mm -hmm. when it comes to what you've chosen about sex um and i think it goes back to also what you what you said when when there is such a culture of shame around sex sexual health contraception and and just sexual activity people find it very hard to speak out when they have been violated Mm. people find it very hard to speak out when they're struggling Mm. and it makes a lot of people suffer in silence in vain when really and truly it's something we can all help each other about because everyone's doing it like sometimes i <laughs> i look to my parents <laughs> i'm like why are you so disgusted at the idea of me having sex when you guys have had sex and there's evidence of that evidence active <laughs> so, <laughs> active evidence so why are we acting like i'm the first person to ever speak about sex or yeah. to ever want to have it yeah. at the end of the day we're all doing it cross generationally <laughs> so <laughs> we should really be talking about it and if we don't we then get a lot of people who have questions who then turn to people who give very bad advice or we have you know kids telling other kids how to do sex Mm -hmm. and misinforming them passing on um things that aren't even scientific but are more so traditional or are more so culturally acceptable yeah um I remember when we used to be in secondary school, you didn't, you didn't want to let anybody know you were knocking boots with anyone. Oh, so boy. people would outright tell you like, this is 14 year olds talking to other 14 year olds. Brave perfume down there. Do you know how you're just asking for bacteria? You're asking, you're asking for a yeast for, infection. You're asking I'm telling for it. You. But we would just be given this information because you're 14. What do you actually know? First of all, you shouldn't be having sex. That's illegal. But mm-hmm. there's the other <laughs> issue. Of, but you are having sex. So when people don't take time to answer your questions, you don't actually understand the repercussions of your actions. And mm. also you're not able to make a very informed decision yeah. that doesn't feel like oppression. Yeah. Because yeah, when yeah. you're younger and it's like people just tell you, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. You can't actively choose to not do it. Rather, mm. you're intrigued by rebelling Mm, mm. rebelling against that and that's why you do end up with people doing things underage and people getting um people putting other people in danger because of their lack of knowledge yeah yeah how about yourself that's good i think for me i would love to see in society as much education for women in you know their sexual health yes for men like yes. I would like to see men learning about periods, yeah. PMS. I would like to see them learn about contraceptives yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Because I'm tired of coming across dummies. <laughs> I'm really tired. No, I'm so tired. Facts, facts. Like, why am I? Oh gosh, I just remember so vividly when I was out or something, and one of um somebody that I was with, a female, was like, "Oh, um, you gotta be careful." Because I was on my period at the time. Mm. Just gotta be careful, like, not to like show your tampon or something like that because it was like wow. peeking out of my bag and i was like who's gonna check me here you think that because there's men here like i have to be hiding that i menstruate every That's month crazy. must i go and die literally <laughs> to go and hide literally it, it, that whole idea of <laughs> woman you are filthy go mystery and hide do you know listen, some people even have issues with men with um, women pooing and they really do like, this whole I, mystery I, I, no 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 because um, so we're both watching girlfriends right yeah. <laughs> joan goes through this time where she can't uh poo at her man's house what? and i'm just wondering to myself <laughs> so are you telling me that men actively sit there and think women don't poo we have periods like surely you know these things you why must. should i hide them from you no one's seeing saying be obscene but we're just saying like if someone sees your tampon or sees your pad, yeah, I'm a woman. I menstruate. Like, like your mum menstruated too. What is, what's your problem? <laughs> I can't actually come and die because, 
of the mystery that you think I should be keeping mm-hmm. as a female. Yeah. Lord knows if any of like guys have come to my house and they will do all sorts of business. <laughs> you, it's I would true. never buy an eye, but because you've seen it's tampon true. from me, all of a sudden hell must break loose. It's so true. Madness. A, lot, a lot of things around men are not taboo. And I guess that's because men's bodies are just normal. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just, they are the normal thing. And it's the mm-hmm. woman that has died. Dive, um, diverted from normality yeah. with her body and yeah so. for sure for sure but i would love to see greater education for men in particular mm. when it comes to menstruating yeah. and like i'm just so sick of the whole oh she's angry she must be on her period but you don't know anything about the period i have no clue you have no clue what menstrual cycles are yeah. i remember seeing like a um study where they simulated the pain of pms mm. for men and yeah. men were like oh my goodness what is this this is <laughs> this is painful and i'm just like but when it's common flu, you people are down and out <laughs> for the counts, down and out. Um, so I would love to see greater education. And mm. very similarly to you, I would like to see more women feeling like active agents and participants when mm. it comes to sex and their sexual Definitely. health. Understanding that this is something that they can take control over, make mm. choices, um, be active participants in determining what they feel comfortable Definitely. with things that they can experiment with as well mm. like even things like contraceptives experiment mm. with them yeah um obviously be practicing safe sex but yeah. like whatever you know your your gynecologist or whatever your nurse or doctor tells you ask questions yes. be curious like yes. i rem- like the last checkup that i went with my nurse and we were talking about things like you know everything because mm. i'm a very curious person naturally mm. and i was asking so differences in contraception mm. and and all that kind of stuff and you know what happens when x happens be curious to get to know your body and Definitely. get comfortable with the patterns that you see Definitely. so that ultimately when if or when things are not regular mm. you'll know what not regular looks like exactly. for you exactly and so, that's important yeah definitely important wow great combo great conversation <laughs> but it doesn't have to end there guys there let us know what your thoughts are on women's sexual health periods menstrual cycles contraceptives all the taboo stuff <laughs> let us know what you think by adding us on instagram at to my sisterhood and you can also say hi to us personally on our pages at cd Boateng and at renee kapuku or tweet us with the hashtag to my sisters and join the sisterhood by signing up to our weekly newsletter so we can grow and glow together. We will talk to you very soon and remember, keep glowing and growing. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 